0: Following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network.
1: Find out more at growlermedia.com.
2: So, how many kids do you have? I have three. Uh, my oldest, Chase, is eight, and then we have twins that are six years old. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So uh, you have made a lot of progeny, like
1: Ming. <laughs>
2: yeah, I I don't know what the hell Ming's thinking because uh, you know, just I don't want to repopulate nothing. This this house is repopulated <laughs> enough. <laughs>
0: Welcome to
3: Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts, from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric.
2: We are at Minute 83 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this fine evening?
0: Uh, Brad, I I wish I could stop and chat, but I just found this awesome vehicle that I never knew existed with instructions in a foreign language, so I'm going to go for a joyride on it. See ya!
2: Yes, that is the science fiction trope where the the dumb guy comes across the impossibly advanced technology uh, of some sort of flying apparatus and just gonna sort of hop on and fly around. It's it's happened in at least two of the Thor movies and it happens here, so uh, it's it's a hell of a thing. And who do we have with us one more time, Eric? We have comedian and writer Joseph Scrimshaw,
0: who uh, I might add has told us he, do, he does a podcast about Star Wars. And uh, Luke does this very thing in uh, Return of the Jedi, hops on a speeder bike and just he knows how to fly it.
1: Yeah, but that's yeah, you know, that works better for me because that's technology he's dealt with before. I mean, the the Imperials, you know, shouldn't just leave them on all the time. But uh, with the keys in, but he's looked at that technology before, as we were discussing flash, not the brightest bulb, and then this is <laughs> a very advanced... Is it a rocket cycle? A sky cycle? What is it?
0: It is a rocket cycle. A Hawkman a rocket, rocket cycle. cycle which, oh. uh, let's, let's just jump right in. Before we yeah. even get to that, why do the Hawk people have a rocket <laughs> cycle? They have wings! This
2: makes me so crazy!
1: I was thinking about this ahead of time. I think it's when they have a wing injury, and they still want to ah. go flying around.
2: Uh Ah! Uh, okay. <laughs> it's...
1: <sighs> it feels like it could have been explained in the film, doesn't it?
2: We, we've had several cases of this where there's things that could have been very easily explained with just one quick line. And it could have very easily... And all, actually, all you needed is, when Voltan shows up somewhere, uh, just have one of the Hawkmen, an injured Hawkman with a, a bandaged wing flying on a on a cycle just just show the cycle you don't even need to say anything about it you just need to show it's like there's three hawk people flying and one guy in a sky cycle there is no reason from what we've seen that this should be here and just aside from the access point I, but what why what flash uh, eric you describe it I, I i can't do this it's a good thing
0: that where flash was hanging down as ming's having the hawkman city blow up It's a really good thing there was an opening in the wall right there where Flash (laughs) was hanging down, and that the city just happens to tilt at the exact perfect angle to send him sliding down that shaft and land right on top of something that can fly. Which, by the way, speaking of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Luke, Cloud City, Air Shaft.
2: It's it's very, very, uh, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Yeah, but at least the Air Shaft in... uh, Empire didn't, like, lead to an Uber service. It's like, oh, hey.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, listen, Flash told us back the way back at the beginning of the movie, everyone, you know, go, think back to all the way back then, that he was taking flying lessons, right? Yep. Who knew those flying lessons would allow him to figure out how to start a rocket cycle, considering he's never seen one before, does not know how to read the Hawk people's language, and I don't even see that you need a key to start it. He just gets on it and it just starts moving.
1: I think that uh, the world of Ming has uh, just video game level technology. That <laughs> just like when you walk up, you he hit the X button and then he
2: can ride it, and that's the same thing that Dale did with the the blaster. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There, 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 there. Certainly has been a certain level of intuitiveness to uh, all the <laughs> yes advanced technology in this movie. Because you're right, she was able to use that blaster real damn quick. I'm always a little crazy about. Uh, do machina in, in movies and uh, so just flash landing by luck in the perfect place at the perfect time and I was like oh jeez and it, it would have been great if there would have just been one line uh, but it, it doesn't make sense it's like because this sh- looks like it's the entrance to get to this cycle you basically have to hang down from the pit of death <laughs> <laughs> so we, there's no ladder. I didn't see a ladder. I was like, what? Not only that, but what would, would a hawk person with the wings, would they
0: even f- be able to fit in and slide down that shaft?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody else lives there. Maybe it is, uh, like, a... a di- maybe some... Uh, they have lizard men who do, like, some work on the place or something. And this is, like, a access shaft for the lizard people.
2: Maybe. That... See, these it's, are
0: all great explanations. It's a better explanation than the, the nothing we get in the movie.
1: <laughs> See, here's the most fascinating thing to me about it is is just as a joke, just as camp, it's great, and it feels like the kind of thing that uh, Lorenzo Semple Jr. might have written for, like the Batman television show. Mm. But then he would have pointed at it, so you knew it was a joke. <laughs> like it, it, it's. There's a great Twitter feed of like all of the funny signs from the Batman TV show, like. The, uh, it seems like it could have had a label that said, you know, back up bike for when our wings don't work. Like, in the, <laughs> And then, like, you're in on the joke. And I think that's what's so fascinating about this movie is sometimes it's perfectly successful comedy camp and other times it seems like it's taken itself seriously in a way that just is mind-boggling because the jokes... This is clearly a joke, but it doesn't land because there's nothing to help you understand it is meant to be a joke.
0: Yeah, yeah and that that fits in with, with something we've... Uh, talked about before Joseph about how that, you know, simple didn't know exactly what kind of movie he was trying to write and De Laurentiis kept going back and forth and what kind of movie he was trying to produce. And yeah. the director Mike Hodges every day just showed up just sort of like and winged it literally I mean he said in interviews <laughs> he literally showed up every day and was just like, uh let's all right, let's see what we're gonna do.
2: <laughs> let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah. There's a million different ways they could have done this and and hey I This has always been in the back of my head just a little ping of, hey, that doesn't make sense. But this the movie's moving so fast at this point it doesn't really stick with you. It's when you do it in a minute by minute format that it's like, oh eh, that's dumb. (laughs) But when you do watch it like this, it would have been great if you could have had a sign or just flat or just you could have had Sam Jones deadpan. He's like, Huh, lucky this was here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that would have been a huge laugh, which we could actually use. We could sort of use laugh because we've had 2 minutes leading into this of very pretty serious acting being done. And it would be neat to have that sort of laugh to break to 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 sort of sort, sort of show the difference between the beat. But again, it's something that always in the back of my head was like a little eh, that that doesn't make any damn sense, but it, it's just the fact, the format that we're doing this, is where it makes you real crazy. Yeah, I got a good laugh out of
1: the weird back butt brace that's on the Sky Cycle. It, uh, <laughs> did, did you pick up on the on that yes. weird thing? Like, because <laughs> yes. it seems like you just jump on it and go. That's the spirit of it. But then he pa- carefully puts a little brace in place, and it just <laughs> it looked like one of those like really crazy dangerous exercise devices that like you'd see advertised on CNN at like 2 a.m. and you can order this. It's like it was a very eighties exercise machine vibe to that back butt brace.
0: Or it's like a roller coaster bar, you know, the yeah. that when you when but the kind that like when you're in a roller coaster the kind that you're not a hundred percent sure is gonna actually keep you in.
1: <laughs> right. This is probably gonna release when we're upside down, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. One of those braces it looks like is really just for show. Yeah. Look, it's safe. It's got a brace. Is it facing the wrong
1: way? Yeah, but it's fine.
2: <laughs> so you know, Flash is dealing with this situation, and then we go back to Voltan.
0: Well, well before we get to Voltan, well, let's not go past the destruction of Hawkman City. Hold on
3: now.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute now. Because I, I, I'm very complimentary for the most part of the effects in this movie. I love the cheesiness of it. I think they did a great job um, in, in making the camp special effects. is one of the reasons I love the movie so much. But I have to call this out, though. This destruction of Hawkman City, it does not look good. <laughs> and I just wonder if they filmed this when they were near the end of the budget or near the end of the schedule and they just had to bang it out because it's so amazingly a miniature. It, it's like they didn't even try to make it not look like a miniature. And they, the shots are coming in and there's an explosion where it finally blows up for good and the, sh- and, and the camera stays on the city for a, a second or two and the thing is literally just bouncing up and down. <laughs> you know i mean so you know you can't literally see the wires but you see it bouncing up and down and in the movie universe it should be falling it should not be afloat anymore i mean it's been destroyed it should be dropping down in the sky to wherever it goes and so it just i, I found the whole thing just uh, a little too much on the on the uh, lame attempt side
1: Yeah, what if it was attached to another city above it, and it actually was held up with wires?
2: (laughs) I have no idea who lives up there. That would be great. It's like, yeah, but it's sort of a duplex planet situation. (laughs) (laughs) Because the planets did not make sense in this movie anyway, so why not? No, no. Uh, I was very
1: confused by that. I I really liked the little scene uh, with uh, uh, Dale, where she says, Flash, I loved you, in the past tense. She could still love him even though he was dead. <laughs> and then she leans over a little bit and uh, her weird big hat is like totally in Zarkov's face to the point where he has to pull away a little bit when she uh,
2: leans into him, which I thought was a great little detail. And I know this scene doesn't work otherwise, but is she, is she giving up too quick on Flash? Flash has actually <laughs> died in front of her. Yes. And it barely slowed him down. It's like, it'd be great if she just, uh, if she turned to Zarkov's like, so what are we thinking, 50-50 chance he got out of this alive? He's like, there might have been a sky cycle there. <laughs> well, also, she yeah. turns to Ming and
0: she says, you murderer. And it's like the understatement of the year. I mean, it's like <laughs> that, that, this is, I mean, Ming has been killing people and destroying things left and right the whole movie.
1: Yeah, it's in my name, merciless. Of uh, course, <laughs> Yeah, she's been through emotional uh, whiplash, though, with that sudden engagement, and then she's excited, and now he's dead again just ready to move
2: on engaged apparently engaged again and because we decided it yeah she's uh, she's really f- fending off those uh, engagement rings <laughs> yeah <laughs> N- now are we ready to go now to yes voltan? now go right. to
0: arborea and the Hawkman, yes
2: so there's voltan and he looks so weird sitting Oh, it's I'm so, so glad you're calling this out. <laughs> it's
1: so beautiful. I love it so much. It's so stupid.
2: <laughs> it's so obviously
0: because of the wing costume that he can't sit normally.
1: <laughs> he looks like a depressed toddler is what I like about it. <laughs> his little legs up there. Aw, did
2: I, I? lost my city. He, he does, and he's pouting, and also and we've sort of talked before where, you know, Voltan is such an impressive figure, but he's a bit barrel-chested. And also, it's it's bulky gear that he has on. So th- he's barrel chested to begin with, and then you have so, so much gear on his chest, and uh, does not. I, and we, I, I would, I, I believe Voltan has skipped a couple of leg days.
1: Oh yeah, those are some spindly legs. He is, <laughs> like, yeah, he is a full-on cartoon character. Yeah, like he's close to SpongeBob SquarePants there. <laughs>
0: you no, know, it, it reminds me of when I was in college. One of my uh, TAs I remember this guy so vividly cuz it was he had this big round head and this big giant body and these teeny tiny little legs and I remember my friend and I would always just fascinated like how is this guy able to stand up and walk around
3: <laughs>
1: how does he even make it through life Yeah. Oh.
2: And, and it sort of works in a way in a crazy way it sort of works because this is the first time where Voltan's actually upset and even when things when he's been angry but he's, he's actually like depressed, and you can sort of see he's mad at himself. And he's pouting, and he's also being scolded. Yeah. And obviously, uh, as uh, Eric alluded to, and we talked about this before, where it was very difficult to sit wearing the wing. It basically, Eric, was it you or one of our guests that talked about how they actually had to have special seats so they could sit down between takes?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of them actually would, would lie down. They, like, a lot of them couldn't even sit. They just would lie down.
2: Yeah, like on their faces,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, if you it's look in hilarious. the background in this shot, you know, most of the people in the background are either standing or are kneeling. They're not sitting, you know. And, and I think based on Brian Blessed's posture, I think you can see why.
1: Yeah. I loved his delivery of his line, Shut up!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so, so angry and just uh immature and beautiful. I love it.
2: Yeah, and it also shows the difference between Voltan and Ming because we've talked before Voltan really isn't a good guy. You like him. He seems really fun, but he's he's a bit of a dictator, but what sh- but this scene shows the difference is although he's the king and eh, he's not not above stealing stuff and forcing people to fight to the death, but his men aren't scared of him. So you have his right-hand man just really gently but firmly saying, he's like, you know, he was a good man, Flash was a good man, and he deserved a better death, and uh, not afraid to sort of give him this talking down, and then to have Voltan sitting like that and looking like a big baby, uh, it's effective.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get the real sense. I can't remember how many uh, kind of explicit mentions there are of this, uh, but it might just be my understanding of Brian Blessed and Hawk people in general, but they seem (laughs) like a proud warrior group. Like, they they have this right where they fight to death. So it's one of the great sort of uh, parts of the political story of Flash Gordon of like, what has Ming done to make it so these people don't fight him all the time? They're Hawk people, led by... Screaming Brian Blessed. So I also like the sense that, like, you... By giving in to Ming, you've really betrayed us. You've betrayed, you know, your spirit,
2: your fighting spirit. You, you get the sense where the, everyone's having... You have fun with Voltan, and there's a lot of, you know, running around and wine, women, and song. It's a great time. And you get to have a good fight every now and then, but there are fights that don't mean anything. You're, you're fighting the Arborians, but, you know, you... you but you're not really participating in battles that mean anything. This scene, I think, sort of shows that his men have been waiting for this battle. They've been waiting for him to take on Ming. And uh, there's a lot of disappointment in Voltan, and Voltan disappointed in himself. Yeah, absolutely. Who is his, uh... I'm sorry, who
1: who is his second in command? What is that guy called?
0: Uh, Luro.
2: Luro. Okay, no wonder I couldn't remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the name's never actually said on screen.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh... They do such. a a great job of casting the Hawkmen. Luro does a great job, and they've had some other really eye-catching guys backing up uh, Brian Blessed. And uh, it's also been talked about where they had a couple of great, basically extras as Hawkmen, who were doing a great job being bird-like, which was awesome.
1: (laughs) I'll have to go and uh, watch again and stare at the Hawk people in the background and see if I can catch any bird people
0: oh there's a lot
2: going on oh yeah do oh, yourself good. a
0: favor yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i own the blue right now so thank you for that well it, yeah watch the scene where uh, uh baron and uh, flash are brought as prisoners and there's just two guard hawkmen and they do they they make bird sounds like and then like also <laughs> a lot of real sudden jerky head motions and it's fantastic that's awesome uh yeah, it's, it's great. It's great stuff.
0: Well, you know, they're on Arborea, and I, I find this interesting because they abandoned Baron. The, you know, Baron asked them to take him with them, and, and they said, no, we're not taking you. Uh, Baron is now a captive of Ming. So we're going to have to assume the Hawkman landed somewhere on Arborea that the Arboreans aren't aware they're there because uh, there'd be full-blown war right now otherwise based on what they just did to Baron.
2: Well, even before that, uh, even if the Arboreans aren't aware that they left him to die with Ming, they did kidnap their leader. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It's, uh... And, Eric, stop me wrong. I don't think the Arboreans show up again in the movie. Uh, Baron does, but...
0: No, yeah, that's that's, uh... Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. At, at the, in the final battle, is the Arboreans are not part of the final battle. Yeah,
1: right. Because Flash does all the great uh, speechifying about if you all work together, you could defeat him. And the Arboreans are—I don't know—they're sticking their hands in the stump. What are they doing? Yeah,
2: <laughs> that would be awesome. It's like, listen, Baron's not here. What are we gonna do? Is like, I don't know. He's really into sticking our hands in the stump.
1: He loves it. Let's just all do it. <laughs>
2: By the end, this scorpion's just exhausted. It's like, jeez, guys, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs>
1: Can't kill any more of you today. Leave me be.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's on. They're, he's, they're on Eboria, um, unmolested. And uh, it's. And this is. We're getting real close to the end of the second act. And after this we get real deep in. it pretty much becomes the final act of the movie where this is basically our last breather yeah and and it's going to be intense for a while um so it's it, it's good to sort of have this uh chance for just a little, a little more acting uh joseph you got an acting heavy minutes here Yeah, I I love
1: it. Uh, Yeah, one of my favorite lines in this uh, in this minute was uh, Luro, as I now know his name. I liked it when he described Flash as the man who rid us of Clitus, because it just sounded like a doctor helped them cure get cured (laughs) from like an STD (laughs) in that context. Because I had to rewind it, like what? Oh, because Clitus, right? Okay, the man who rid us of Clitus.
2: And you know, any STD around Voltan's hat? Oh yeah,
1: for sure. (laughs)
2: Dive.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. There is all sorts of weird stuff. It, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed these uh, these very actorly minutes that had a lot of uh, fun moments and fun
2: nuance in them. Here's a question for you, Joseph, where uh, you, you, you're a writer, a comedian, and you did talk about how you're, you're past doing theater stuff. What what do you consider yourself? Is, is there is it just sort of jack-of-all-trades or just somebody try, trying to produce uh, entertainment? Or do you, you know, do you view yourself as a comedian first, a writer second? Have you ever thought about that? Or is that even a, a way that you think of yourself? No, I, I have uh, wandered through life doing
1: way too many things. I have a visual art degree. I played uh, drums in a rock band in high school. I've always liked doing creative stuff. And so I've always uh, kind of changed up a little bit what I do. Uh, for me, I really love storytelling in like all different forms. My stand-up has a little, kind of a lot of uh, storytelling to it. And then comedy just really makes sense to me. It's just like the way I like to see the world. It's the way I like to talk about the world. So uh, it would be pompous to be like, I am a storyteller with a flair for comedy, so I don't, <laughs> I don't describe myself that way. But I think, like, that's what uh, connects all of the different things that interest me. Is I really love stories. I really love uh, how they work, how they come together, and then just comedy is makes sense to me.
2: Very nice. Well, um, yeah, very much. A, a, as I said in the previous uh, minutes this week, really enjoyed your comedy. Um, I, I tell you what. Here's the thing. Stop me if wrong. It's, it's a good. It seems like it's a good era for comedy with youtube and with uh, netflix especially N- netflix seems to be really going out and where comedy specials used to be the arena of hbo and comedy central netflix seems to be the preferred home for a lot of uh really excellent comedy work
1: yeah yeah and netflix is doing a really good job uh having more showcases where you know it they just put out a special that was like a, each person got like 15 minutes which is enough to really like see a comedian and get them some exposure. So that's really cool. And um, yeah, I think comedy is just going in a really interesting direction that it's getting a lot more personal because social media, we all can make the obvious jokes. So that means that comedians just have to get a lot more personal. And I think that makes really interesting comedy.
0: There's a a tidbit, uh, a behind the scenes tidbit that I've been waiting to share because I've been looking for the right time in the movie to share it when I thought it would fit. And it, it just never has. And so I'm wondering if maybe this is the week to do it and if if this is something that might have happened when they were on hawkman city so there is a scene that was in the script that was supposed to be filmed that had ming uh uh, tricking flash to think that dale had turned into a gigantic spider (laughs) and i'm wondering if this would have been maybe at some point in the script maybe it would have happened when ming landed on hawkman city maybe they wouldn't have had dale brought to the ship yet um, and Melody Anderson spent six hours getting painted green. They put fake fangs on her. They gave her a whole headpiece. <laughs> and the director comes in and he's like, hey, this looks great, uh, but we can't use it. It's got really nothing to do with what we're doing. And they never filmed it. Oh. So, uh, you know, it's incredible that nobody thought to tell the makeup people, don't spend six hours getting our lead actress ready for this scene we're not going to film. But I, I just, I've. Where the hell would,
2: where the hell would that go?
0: That's what I'm. That's why. I, that's why I haven't sold it yet. So I, the only thing I can think of is maybe at some point, earl, in an earlier draft, Dale was still on the city, with Ming and Flash, and maybe Ming tricks Flash then into thinking she looks like that. I don't know.
2: Here's the thing: when, uh, when Dale escapes M- Ming's bourgeois and she gets the uh, slave girl to drink the roofie drink. Maybe there? Like, maybe the roofie drink makes her hallucinate?
0: No, but it's Flash is the one who's being mind-tricked by Ming. And he, he, it, he, it's Flash looking at Dale and thinking Dale is turned into a gigantic spider.
2: Maybe you're right, and it, it, it could have had something to do... It would have made sense where, when Ming uses the ring to sort of make, a, as you said, Dale imagines she was having a picnic... With Ming, because what the hell? Yeah,
1: Joseph, by the <laughs> way, the, uh, the,
2: the the incredibly inappropriate, quote
0: unquote, seduction of Dale. Uh, the background of that is that she imagines she's on an erotic picnic with Ming.
1: An erotic picnic. That's yes. the best kind of picnic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all have erotic picnics. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I wonder if there was a whole draft where it just Ming was uh, spending a lot of time making people think weird things with his ring. Because then the spider thing could go just about anywhere. Anytime he encounters Flash, he could just hold it up and
2: go, Dale's a spider now. Give up. Because the ring is a little underdeveloped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He uses it early on, and then it's not really used anymore.
2: All right.
1: That is is insane. I love that image of the director walking through when she is in full (laughs) spider costume going, nah, and then just having her shoulders slump, like, what?
3: (laughs)
2: Why? This stuff is sticky. Is there a photo of it? That is an excellent question. Do, do, Eric, do we know if there's a photo of... Uh, there's not. There's not. Damn it.
0: Yeah, M- 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 Melody Anderson specifically said like there's no footage. because they never shot the footage, so there's nothing there. Oh. I know. Would love to see it.
2: Ridiculous. God, this is a great call-out, and you saved it for the right time, because I don't know when the hell else right. you would bring that up. <laughs> One thing we have to call out, Joseph, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, because you, you've said you're a, you're a Star Wars guy, you have a Star Wars podcast, we have had an actor from Star Wars as one of, as one of our special, special guests. Ooh. We had John Morton, Dak, from Empire Strikes oh, Back. Oh, nice. Dak Ralter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a fantastic... We recommend everyone, as uh, one of our bonus episodes, uh, check it out, because it was a fantastic interview, because he was one of several actors who was in both Star Wars and Flash Gordon, uh, because he was the pilot on... The plane uh, that Flash was uh, on at the begin, very 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 beginning of the movie. Oh, cool! Mr. Morton is uh, flying your plane. Get off! <laughs>
1: Ming might come suddenly grab him like that, right?
2: He, he, that might happen, or one of the Walkers might blow it up. Or uh, <laughs> he was also in Superman 2 where he was a he was an astronaut, and that didn't go well for him. So you know, it's sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground whenever Mr. <laughs> Morton's around.
1: Did you, uh, did you reach out to him, or did he uh, hear about the podcast and say, I have to do this?
2: No, I, uh, we, uh, I reached out to him, and he's like, sure, I'll come on.
1: Amazing. That's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah. Could, uh, could not have been a nicer guy, but I just had to bring that up because you're a Star Wars guy.
1: Yeah, now, now I have another thing to rewatch when I rewatch Flash. Gordon. And, and... by
2: the way, the other pilot in the plane,
0: uh, 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 John Warrens the one on the right. The, the one on the left, we didn't even know this when we started recording. One of our guests told us this. The one on the left is the guy from uh, Star Wars who very somberly says, uh, we've just discovered, uh, you know, there's, there's t- TIE fighters coming your way during the Death Star battle. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's a small role. Yeah. I love that. Apparently, well, you know what? The Star Wars movies needed a lot of actors. There were a lot of actors who, uh, you know, probably got their SAG cars because they they, they they did some Star Wars or stuff because, you know, they're... they're they had a lot of need, and uh, they filmed the stuff that was filmed in London. So, uh, and Mr. Morton talked about it. he was living in London when he f- uh, filmed both Star Wars and uh, Flash Gordon, and he, he he was part of a community of actors there that got a lot of work. Yeah, if, if I could time travel, I might go back
1: to like late seventies, early eighties uh, London, and just hang out and say, put me in all of the movies I like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, this has been amazing. I just had a great time talking with you. Thank you so much for uh, sparing the time this week. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. I had a great time. So one last time, Joseph, if you could uh, yeah, sh- share where people can find out more about your uh, your comedy and your writing.
1: Yeah, if you uh, want to find out how to get rid of Clitus, you can find me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle. And then everything else, uh, live shows, podcasts, comedy albums, all on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com.
2: Recommend everyone check that out. Um, now, Joseph, where are you based?
1: I'm in Los Angeles.
2: Now, do you ever do comedy on the East Coast?
1: Uh, I have come through every once in a while and I will definitely blast it out on social media if I if I'm coming.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it will keep us posted. Uh love to come out and see you. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Absolutely. Eric, this is uh been another fantastic week. Where can people find out more about uh, our little piece of the internet? For the Movies by Minutes piece of the internet, go to moviesbyminutes.com,
0: where we're up to almost 100 different movies getting the Movies by Minute treatment, which we're uh, a part of. Guaranteed to have a whole bunch of movies you love on there. Started with the Star Wars Minute guys and their progeny. We are their progeny, much (laughs) like me. Sending their progeny out. Uh, So go check that out. See what other fun movies there are to listen to. Uh, for us, we're on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex. We're on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. And we're on email, Flash Gordon Minute at com.
2: We've nothing but love for the Star Wars Minute guys. Uh, they've created just a fantastic... They've created their own genre of uh, podcast. And they do a great job and we're in debt to them uh, for for letting us have all this fun and Eric, I'm in debt to you because this uh, Flash Gordon minute was your brainchild. I am having a great time. I'm getting sad because we're coming towards the end of this movie. But uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, let me part of the, letting me part of, be part of this adventure with you. You're you're most certainly welcome. I am I'm pleased to have you as as uh, my my co-pilot. Yes, very good. So uh, yeah, another great week. Uh, looking forward to another fun week next week. Um, But geez, Erica, there is a news story that really has me concerned.
0: Oh, well, tell me. I I don't even watch the news. I've given up. Tell me.
2: In a Texas aquarium, a couple stole a small shark and tried to get away with it by putting in a baby stroller. (laughs) This is a true story. Now, the problem is... My family, we we got like a year pass to the Baltimore Aquarium and my son loves sharks. God, we watched so much Shark Week last week. I'm just afraid that my son, Chase, got ideas from this.
0: Uh, well, if your son uh, discovered uh, that really annoying song on YouTube that my kids discovered, uh, Baby Shark Doot 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 Baby Shark doo Doot 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 Doot, and then the <laughs> song is just running through your head like a horrible earworm, and, and, and you, you want to rip your ears right off your head, and you don't understand why your kids want to listen to it, don't worry, Flash somehow will save all of our eardrums and every one of us. Coming up next week, we welcome Robert Black of the Michael Myers Minute to the studios as
3: Flash Gordon flies his iconic rocket cycle and Dale faces off with Princess Aura. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. Just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Whoa, I've seen fire and I've seen rain Seen sunny days that I thought would never end